Super Nerd Podcast, the adventure that brings you the latest nerd news and rumors from movies, TV, entertainment, and sometimes science. You name it, if it is nerdy, we are talking about it. And tonight's main event is Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 2 begins. I'm your host, Austin, and with me, as always, is the amazing Amanda Lorian. Hey! The wild yet elusive Jekka. Woohoo! The rambunctious Bob. And Burn, Brady Burn. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, it's our first podcast of 2023. Thank you so much for joining us. Obviously, we took the last few weeks off for the holidays, but uh, if this is your first time listening to us, welcome. Welcome. Make sure to hit that podcast subscribe button because we would love to nerd out with you each and every week. And if you guys have already hit that podcast subscribe button, you know what I'm going to say to you. Plus 10 Nerd XP. Nerd XP. We love you guys. And for everyone else, as soon as you hit that podcast subscribe button, you too can start earning Nerd XP. Nerd XP. Obviously, obviously we're going to be talking uh, Star Wars The Bad Batch a little later. But we also got all sorts of cool nerd news that we want to talk about beforehand to include... Charlie Cox is saying that his Daredevil in Daredevil Reborn is the same Daredevil from Netflix now. (laughs) Uh, Lucasfilms, Dave Filoni, and Jon Favreau are also working on another Mandoverse TV series for Disney+. And on top of that, we've got Stephen Moffat saying that he's ready to write a season five Sherlock if Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman want to return and a whole lot more. So let's get into some what's nerdy with you, Jekka. <laughs> um, so since our last podcast, I feel like I am either in the middle of or have survived the apocalypse okay. happening in Northern California. Um, I was I don't know if any I, I guess it like made national news, but there was a six point four earthquake that happened. Wow. On December twentieth, and yeah, I was here for that. Um, was that your was, first earthquake? No, I felt earthquakes when I was in Japan, but this it was the okay. strongest one. Like, oh my gosh, everyone! Wow, I thought the world was coming to an end. It sounded like a bulldozer was coming through our apartment. It wow. was so loud. Um, and the epicenter was further south. It was actually where my like near where my aunt and uncle live. And when I went to their house, just because they were out of town, so I went to their house just to kind of check on it and see if everything was okay. And they didn't have too much structural damage. They just had like a lot of like pictures that had fallen off and like some like little figurines that had fallen off too. But the weirdest mm-hmm. thing going through their house, it looked like a poltergeist had gone through and just randomly opened up drawers and cupboards. Oh, yeah. So it was really eerie walking through this empty house and seeing like drawers half open, like cupboards half closed, like it, it like stuff lying everywhere. Like it was really weird. Um, so yeah. And then there was another earthquake. This was a 5.4 on New Year's really? day. Wow. <laughs> it was on New Year's day. <laughs> and then we, don't last... don't fall into the Pacific Ocean now. <laughs> it feels like it because we've had rainstorm after rainstorm and it's just been like terrible winds and like Wednesday we lost power. So it's I'm like, I feel like I'm living the apocalypse right okay. now Have in Northern California. If you are in the tsunami zone. So we're not, but we're very close to a tsunami zone. 
Okay, so remember, my apartment an earthquake. Is get to your apartment. Yes. Yeah, I wow. was at my apartment both times, but yes. But if anything, it's just like there's a lot of you know the trees here are over 200 feet tall, and wow. so when it's and the winds were like, like 25 to 30 miles per hour, it was crazy. There was wow. a lot of power outages, a lot of trees falling over. It's made field work very difficult to do. <laughs> Remind me again, you you kind of live close to where uh, Endor was shot in Return of the Jedi, right? Yes. So I live in wow, the Redwood Forest cool. area. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's so Austin. I Austin, Austin's <laughs> like, oh wow, you you're the whole part of your state is being. Um, but that's close to Endor, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Endor's trying to kill us, so that, that's oh kind of what's happening. <laughs> you know, if I lived there, every time there was an earthquake, I would just think, oh, it's the Death Star raining down on us. Yeah. And that's it's cool. causing, like, <laughs> terrible weather. <laughs> there goes another shield generator. Oh, yeah, there you go. All right, Brady, what's nerdy with you? Oh, uh, you know, it's been... Yeah, when you... when. When living a nerdy life is 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 a state, you know everything's nerdy, right? Sure. Um, but I don't know. A couple of things to note lately. Um, I uh, for for Christmas, one of the main gifts I wanted was a Lego BD one and uh, mm. droid from yeah. uh, from the Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, game. Yeah. Yeah, and I got that, and I went and I bought a lighting kit for it, so it'll light up the droid and everything. And uh, I haven't installed the light kit yet because that's going to take some time. Um, but but I do have it put together, so I was really happy with that. Um, you know, we've just been doing a lot of stuff. We watched all the Hobbit films over the holiday. Um, Very cool. Watched. Uh, we're we have two films left for the Bond, the Daniel Craig Bond series with the boys. Um, you know that kind of thing. Got. Got a little bit more gaming time in that kind of, you know, just, I had, I had a lot of time off from work over the holidays. I was off from like the 22nd through the third. Nice. Um, so yeah, it was, it was good times just, uh, geeking out on stuff. So yeah, good, good times. That's about it really. I mean, that sounds awesome. All right, Bob, what about you, man? What's Nernie? Oh, um, Amelia and I have been going through our backlog of shows. Uh, obviously watched, uh, Bad Batch today, but we've uh, been working through our uh, National Treasure show. It's uh, Oh, okay. I heard about that. My kids are loving that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. not National Treasure, sorry. Different one. No, it is good. Um, it's it's a decent show. It's uh, more or less aimed at teenagers, but she's on the low end of that, so I'm happy about it. Very cool. Very cool, very cool. All right, so Amanda and I did something nerdy, too. Austin got something nerdy. I got something nerdy? Yes, you did. What you am I supposed to be talking game. about? What? You got a board oh. game. Oh. And then you went <laughs> to friends. Okay, all right. You, also... want me, you want me to talk about that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So have you ever seen the movie American Psycho? It's a, it's a crazy, dark comedy uh, that is crazy. <laughs> and uh, anyways, they made a board game for it. I have a group of friends that... Uh, in in Iowa, we just we love to laugh at that movie. Most people who watch that movie would probably think, "Well, why in the world are you? This is a crazy movie. You shouldn't be watching it." And it is a crazy movie. 
but there's a there's a certain dark humor to it that is just utterly hilarious and so we laugh our heads off you know reenacting some of the the stupid scenes in that movie and uh anyways amanda bought me a board game the american psycho board game and uh and we played it and i we had a good fun time we, we laughed our heads off thank you amanda for the for the christmas present but what i actually wanted to talk about is <laughs> downstairs in our basement you know half of the basement is an arcade the other half we decided we're going to clean it out which it pretty much is we've cleaned it out and we're basically going to turn it into like a full-time like gaming area for like you know board ta- games, for board games for yeah you know dungeons and dragons you know d- uh x-wing you know so, diff- different tabletop miniature games i was games. down there looking at it i'm like they could totally hide l down here like a table <laughs> But it's gonna be That's awesome, what I want dude. You should make it look like Mike's basement, <laughs> complete with the little like yellow the tent thing they make for L. You should totally it, do that. Have that be like a be little cool. reading nook or something. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be ultra awesome because you know so many different times I'm saying to myself like, man, I want to play this game or that game, and you need a big large area, and these games are usually pretty intense. You know, if you get you get to that level of gaming, you know, sometimes these games, you know, they can last like months you know but you know you need an area that's like 100 percent dedicated for that and if you always use the dining room table well you can't you can't leave games out and you know come back to the game so so we're having this full-time dedicated gaming area and i'm pretty excited about it and it's gonna be Fair awesome warning the kids are already planning on leaving board games out on it so you'll have to compete with them <laughs> well most of the board games will be games that they want to play with me anyway so it'll be fine like they want they want to play star wars imperial assault they want to play D anD D. They want to play X Wing. They want to play. Duel. Yeah, you want to play X Wing. My son, my son's over here looking at me, giving me yes nods or no nods. You want to play X Wing? Don't you remember how to play X Wing? X Wing miniatures is a lot you of fun. Move the ships across the board and you like do space. Yeah, battle. yeah, we're having space battle, dude. You're gonna want to play. It. Anyways, you don't want to play. You want to play D anD D. Maybe maybe start up some Star Wars RPG. Anyways, it's gonna be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Anyways, we got a lot of nerd news to talk about, so let's get into it. Many Bothans died to bring us this information. And what is the news that should be on your nerd radar? Well, Charlie Cox is saying that his Daredevil in Daredevil Reborn, or Born Again, excuse me, is the same Daredevil from the Netflix series. Or at least that's what he thinks. (laughs) So Marvel fans have been curious about the upcoming Disney Plus series Daredevil Born Again and the version of Daredevil that Charlie Cox will be playing. Well, he may be the same version of the character from the Netflix series, after all, because in a recent interview with UK's iNews, the actor had the following to say, quote, I don't think it's a different character. I just think it's maybe a different period of his life. That's how I'm playing him. I don't think my interpretation will change. They hired the same actor. We're saying this is a whole new era or variant, question mark. I haven't read the script, so I don't know. But like, it's part of the multiverse, question mark. Well, when talking about the tone of the series, he says that he thinks it's going to be like an old school procedural drama. Quote, I'm imagining there's going to be an element to it that's like the old school lawyer shows. 
not necessarily case of the week, but something where we go really deep into Matt Murdock, the lawyer, and get to see what his life is like. If that's done right, and he really gets his hands dirty with that world, I think there's something quite interesting about that. Cox then went on to say that he believes that the new show will be dark, but not gory. Quote, my opinion is this character works best when he's geared towards a slightly more mature audience. My instinct is that on Disney Plus, it will be dark, but it probably won't be as gory. I would say to people hoping that the Disney Plus show copies the Netflix show, we've done that. Let's take the things that really work but can be broadened. Can we appeal to a slightly younger audience without losing what we've learned about what works? I don't know. So he says it's the same character. But I've seen She-Hulk. And that's not <laughs> that's not the same Charlie Cox. I mean, that's not the same Matt Murdock and Daredevil. Now that may have just been, you know, maybe that's instanced, right? Maybe that's just its own little thing. But I, I think it'd be great. I mean, we all know this is serving you know, this Daredevil is serving as a catalyst to kind of a proving ground for uh for Punisher to come back. Um but but yeah, I think that I mean, I see how they could carry it on to a different I mean, it's years later, right? The mm. the actors aged, the characters aged, right? We'll see we'll see what happens. But I'm not convinced that it's going to be the same Daredevil. I So yeah. I I, I just had a thought. He's out there doing these interviews because people want to interview him about it. And he's he directly says, I haven't even seen the script. Right. And I think once he gets the script, he's not going to be allowed to go do interviews. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's be honest. There's been a lot of back and forth. Same character, not same character. Continuation, not continuation. I don't know. Jekka, what were you going to say earlier? I, I was just going to say, like, my, my biggest concern is that, I mean, in... I will admit, I still have not gotten around to watching Daredevil. Sorry, please forgive me. Um, but I'm just like, from what I've seen of Disney Plus and their TV, Marvel Universe TV shows, like my biggest concern is that they would try to make it campy. Like they're like, yeah, we'll make it dark, but it's still going to have like that campiness element to it because they still want it to make, I don't know. I feel like their TV shows so far for the Marvel Universe has been very like kind of family or like still trying to be family oriented and i feel from what i've heard of daredevil and all that i'm like that's not gonna work in mm. this case not to have like a as good as the netflix did so i'm just like that's kind of my little two bits i'm mm. just like really really because <clears throat> i feel pun- you know that netflix punisher show man was that awesome and there's no way that would be on disney plus <laughs> Well, I don't know, man. You know, they uh, John Bernthal said he wouldn't come back unless 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 they gave him free reign to be the Punisher that he was. And you know, supposedly he's coming back. So, yeah, we'll I'll hope so. We'll hope so. All right, moving on. Lucasfilms, Dave Filoni, and John Favreau are working on an untitled Star Wars Mandoverse TV series for Disney Plus. So while Lucasfilm still can't seem to get its film division rolling forward disney plus tv shows are thriving and according to inside entertainment scooper daniel rickman they received some intel that filoni and favreau are working on a star wars series that's going by the code name 
Ghost Track 17, and that the story would be set in the Mandoverse. As for the working title, Ghost Track 17, there is a theory that maybe the Ghost Track could be in reference to the spaceship The Ghost from Star Wars Rebels, which would also be showing up in Filoni's upcoming Star Wars Ahsoka series, if all rumors are to be true. Maybe that series, the new series, Ghost Track 17, will be connected to Ahsoka in some way. But in addition to this, Bespin Bulletin also has a theory that it might, Ghost Track 17 might be in reference to the Beatles' Abbey Road album. The album has a ghost track, which was song number 17, and that ghost track is titled Her Majesty, which is obviously a reference to some kind of royalty from the Beatles. But could that be maybe what this upcoming TV series is about? I don't know. Who knows? What we do know is that The Mandalorian Season 3 is set to premiere right around the corner in March on Disney+. Plus. What do we make of this? So it makes me wonder if maybe they're going to just like, I'm kind of leaning more towards that uh, ghost track number 17 from the Beatles album, the Her Majesty. I wonder mm-hmm. if it's somehow going to tie in Bo-Katan and Sabine, mm-hmm. you know, if maybe it will be focused more on Sabine Wren and kind of fills in the gaps of how the dark saber got from her to where it was. And- with and, Gideon, you know. And and how does that connect to royalty? Because well, if, if, because if, if, whole, yeah, because, because it go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Gotta explain the backstory because whoever has the dark saber is pretty much like ruler of Mandalore. Yeah. Kind of thing. So I think it's gonna kind of like and Sabine was the last character we know of that had the dark sa- mm, saber until yeah. Mandalorian came in and Gideon Moff has it. So that's that's my thought on it. The other thing that I'm kind of really hoping for is that it has nothing to do with either of those things. And it's a completely new <laughs> story set in that time frame as the Mandalorian. And it's a like a ghost story kind of thing, like, so, a, like a haunted ship or something. I'm like, I'd like that. I would love for Mando to go through the ghosts of the past of Mandalore Ooh. and how Mandalore has become a ghost planet. The people don't live kind there of. anymore. And I would love for that because basically that puts it that would put mando as someone who could bring mandalore from the ashes because he is the rightful king of mandalore right now and he should be recognized and stuff and going through the history and understanding who the mandalore people are and i would love to see that interesting interesting all right well moving on netflix Wednesday has been renewed for season two. Yay! That's right. Fantastic (laughs) news. Tim Burton and Jenna Ortega's Wednesday has officially been renewed for season two by Netflix. It's not really surprising, as the first season was a huge hit with viewers. One of the biggest uh, debuts uh, on Netflix, even to outpace some of the Stranger Things. So we might be getting a lot of Wednesday in the future, not just a season two. But... When previously teasing season two, Netflix has said that Wednesday's family, which also includes Morticia and Gomez Adams, could be featured more in the upcoming season, saying, quote, we felt like we just touched the surface with those characters and the actors are so amazing 
in those roles. Catherine is, I think, an iconic Morticia. The relationship between Wednesday and Morticia is also essential to the show. And the idea that Wednesday is trying to forge her own path outside the family is important, end quote. What do you think of this, Bob? Oh, you're on mute, buddy. Sorry about that, folks. I was uh, muting myself. So you couldn't hear my, the clickety-clack of my mechanical keyboard. I am <laughs> actually loving the... Uh, I'm loving Wednesday. I think it is, it's a great uh, portrayal. It's a fresh take. Um, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing Luis Gozman and uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Uh, they, they were... They embodied what I uh, what I imagined for uh, Morticia and Gomez. They really did. And Pugsley, I want to see more of Pugsley. I want to see how he's going to do it. Because, uh, I mean, what we saw of him was just so minor. It was really hard to tell if he got the role, right? And mm. I need to see me some Cousin Ed. Yeah, yes. Cousin Ed. Mm-hmm. So. I'd like to see more of Uncle Fester, too. We got a little taste it, of him. We got a little bit of him, but I'm like, I need more of him. Basically, I need more of that. it sounds like we want a full Adam's Family TV show. <laughs> we do. But still, but I do still want it focused on Wednesday, because that's what I really liked about this one. And I feel like that's a whole main event that we could do. <laughs> hint, hint, yeah. Hint. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah maybe, maybe we'll do Wednesday at season one in a few weeks. Who knows? But uh, but why did you like to focus on Wednesday as opposed to the, the whole family? I mean, for me personally she's my favorite <laughs> okay I think because uh she was re- uh she was relegated to a side character in the previous in the late 90s early 2000s uh movies um mm-hmm. i don't remember what her name was that uh christina, christina ricci. ricci yeah who was also in wednesday yes she was, was she really? Yeah, she's she's the one teacher she's, that was te- giving like the botany lessons. Yes, and yeah. kept like trying to help, like talk to so Wednesday good. and befriend her. Yeah, and spoilers, that's me trying not to give away spoilers, but yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, yeah. Right, shut yeah. up! Oh, I get it. I get it. I yeah. get it. <laughs> there are um, lines. When, Wednesday always like the the Adams Family movies from the nineties. They felt like an ensemble cast. But Wednesday was like borderline the main character of those. And they had to like pull her back to give room for other characters. So I'm really glad that they've given her this, this television show to shine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a great show. Looking forward to season two. Moving on. Speaking of season two, the season two trailer for Apple TV Plus's foundation has been released. That's right. Apple TV Plus has released the first trailer for the second season of its ambitious series adaption of Isaac Asimov's Foundation. The first season of the sci-fi series was actually pretty incredible and chronicles a band of exiles on their monumental journey to save humanity and rebuild civilization amid the fall of the Galactic Empire. When revolutionary Dr. Harry Seldon predicts the impending fall of the Empire. He and a band of loyal followers venture to the far reaches of the galaxy to establish the Foundation in an attempt to rebuild and preserve the future of civilization. Enraged by Harry's claims, the ruling Cleons, a long line of Emperor clones, fear their unrivaled reign may be weakening as they're forced to reckon 
with the potential reality of losing their powerful legacy forever. Let's take a listen to the trailer and we'll talk about it afterwards. Initiate re-entry. Secure for re-entry. It was always a leap of faith. Leaving the comfort of home. Though the journey was long. The mission of the Foundation had only just begun. There's a new crisis. Right on our doorstep. If there is war, we will win. I get the goosebumps with that one. Oh yeah, that man. I got to tell you, foundation, and, and and this is kind of evidenced into what I as to what I like because if you recall, I was a big fan of Andor, and it was a slow burn as well, right? And foundation does some deep storytelling, and it does it in in a very slow, methodical mm. way. And I think that the first season of Foundation was just about perfect. It was so good. And it looks like some of that simmer that they had in the first season is boiling to a head in season two. Uh, it looks like the the landscapes are different, right? So we know we're exploring some more locations. Um, and we get to see uh, Cleon, what is he, 14, 13? We get to see the Cleon. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Who knows which one is in that image, right? It could be oh, any yeah. of them. Um, but we get to see some rage and, uh, and we get like that creature, that creature was pretty nuts, but, um, but yeah, I am really excited for foundation season two. I'm (laughs) going to go back and rewatch the entire first season. I like foundation enough to where I will deal with the worst user interface in the world, which is Apple TV. Yeah, Apple TV's got some really great shows on there. I mean, I, I cannot wait for Foundation Season 2. I cannot wait for Severance Season 2. Oh, Severance all the I can, way. I, I, yeah, Morning I, Show Season 3. Yeah, I can't wait for uh, for All Mankind's, I think, Season 4. Yeah, anyways, there's a lot of good stuff. But for this one specifically, what I really like about Foundation is I think the uh, the Emperor clones and watching their journey and how they try to you know uh, manage the politics of their reign and and just how 
I mean, I'm thinking that, you know, if you haven't seen season one, I'm not going to ruin it for you, but I'm, I'm specifically thinking about that garden scene towards the end of season one. Boy, that was incredibly intense. I mean, that, that was, that was scary intense, <laughs> it, but so much fun to watch. So, oh yeah. Great, great show there for sure. All right, moving on. Check this out, folks. Stephen Amell's Green Arrow will be returning in the final season of The Flash. That's right. Green Arrow will be teaming up with The Flash one last time in the ninth and final season of The Flash. And Stephen Amell will be returning to reprise his role as Oliver Queen. Amell's Green Arrow will guest star in episode 909 joining previously announced David Ramsey as John Diggle. The Flash executive producer Eric Wallace said in a statement, quote, As soon as our final season was announced, we knew we wanted Steven to come back and reprise his iconic role as Oliver Queen. After all, it was Oliver who originally launched Barry Allen on his heroic path. That's why everyone on Team Flash felt so strongly that it was important to create a full circle moment with Oliver's return in the final season of The Flash. The result is an epic yet emotional episode we hope Arrowverse fans will enjoy. It's all to say thank you to everyone for watching and supporting our show throughout nine wonderful years. We absolutely cannot wait for everyone to see Grant and Steven saving the world together again. And yes... There will be thrills, chills, and tears. And then they will jumpstart a new Green Arrow series. <laughs> oh, you think so? No, no. <laughs> Boy, that'd be something. I'm just listening to you read through it. I'm kind of going, this almost sounds like a new jumpstart on a new series. <laughs> I loved Green Arrow, but I just, we, we stopped watching it for whatever reason and we oh, i flash when did i stopped like halfway through i just remember it was when they introduced damien dark mm-hmm. i don't even remember Dark. barely introduced him and i was like yeah i'm done it was shortly after um there's just too much at the time yeah it, like like the sh- i mean the show was going downhill i mean same same for pretty much all of the Arrowverse. it was going downhill and there was other stuff. There was so, well, there was and then so they much. Started, as soon as it started, well, I think part of it started to go downhill was they started using um, so many soft pilots. They did. I don't like it. Like When there's a ton of soft pilots. Mandalorian season two was pretty much a soft pilot for the Mandoverse. Yeah. Pretty and much. <laughs> pretty much anytime That's they what... use a series to launch multiple other series all at once, it really drags that story down. But, but, th- I mean, it wasn't terrible. I mean, the Arrowverse was fantastic. And and, and in a lot of ways, I, I respect the Arrowverse. And I feel, I kind of feel like in a weird way, duty bound to watch this, uh, <laughs> at least this episode. Because, because you, you, as a nerd, you have to express a certain level of gratitude for a company to go to this risky level to create an entire DC comic book TV universe. And they did that. I mean, they were, they were kind of the first way before Disney plus and Marvel started, you know, releasing TV shows. 
And so, so, and they were so much more successful than the movie, the DC movie. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they really were. Yeah, I will agree to that. Yeah, they were. Um, and so, so yeah, I, I kind of feel a little duty bound to watch this to kind of tip my hat and oh. say thank you for for taking the risk and going this far because so, at times it was excited fantastic. thought, excited thought with the this the Flash series ending. They can use Flashpoint to move oh, yeah. this Barry Allen well, yes. into the, uh, into the DC world. Grant Gustin well. stay as Barry Allen. I want Grant Gustin. Grant Gustin. He is a he great trash. I agree. A, yes, he, yeah. he, he does well. both. He embodies both so well. He does. Yeah. So let's just move him to the movie. Yes. There, there are rumors that just came out saying that DC Studios under James Gunn is actually maybe thinking of keeping Ezra Miller's Flash though. That just that just came out over like the last like two days. Now 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 if if you follow the Ezra Miller stuff, he went crazy and all sorts of stuff to the point where they you know DC before James Gunn took over. DC was thinking about maybe they needed to scrap the Flash movie altogether because Ezra Miller was doing all sorts of crazy stuff. But Ezra Miller eventually came out and released some statement to the public and things kind of died down. So maybe now they're thinking of keeping him. I don't think Ezra Miller's Flash specifically is terrible. I don't Neither think do I think uh, Grant's Flash I is just terrible. think Grant's I, good. is better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who knows? James Gunn's got a got a whole uh so whole not to let's untangle. just cheer for Grant Gustin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on. Check this out. Stephen Moffat says he's ready to write a season five for Sherlock if Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman want to return. So Stephen Moffat, who wrote uh, and helped produce Sherlock with Mark Gaddis has said that he's ready to move on with a season five in a recent interview saying, quote, uh, when asked in a recent interview, if they, if he would write a season five and talked about uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman, he, he congratulated Cumberbatch and Freeman on their success. And then he went on to talk about a Sherlock season five saying, quote, you know, they're on to bigger and better things, but Martin and Benedict, Please come back. Mark Gaddis and I, for no particular reason, just started plotting out what we would do in the future. We plotted out the whole of Series 5. The ideas we had that day, I thought, were the best we've ever had. So we have got plans, but our plans don't tend to be, let's blow up the world or cast the most famous person in the world. They tend to be, what exciting twists and turns can we add to this? And I think we've got some crackers. The last time we saw the two actors playing these roles in Sherlock was back in 2017. And a couple of years ago, Benedict Cumberbatch actually talked about the possibility of picking up where they left off, saying, quote, Oh, look, I still say never say never. You know, I really like that character. It's just the circumstances need to be right. And I think maybe it's too soon now to see if uh, to see it have another life. I think. Wonderful as it is, it's had its moment for now, but that's not to say it wouldn't have another iteration in the future, end quote. Hmm. I, uh, I'm, 
I'd be happy for another season five of Sherlock. Like I really like Cumberbatch and Freeman working together. And especially because since both of them have been in the Marvel universe and I have not gotten a movie with both of them in it at the same time in the same room. Uh, I like actually, actually what about the Hobbit? The first or uh, the second one. But that's well, that's the good. Hobbit. I mean, Marvel. So we got it in the oh, Hobbit. Okay. Which, right, that, right. that made me happy. Marvel, you know, I was er, sorry. The Hobbit, I was like, yay, got that. But I was expecting it in Marvel, too. And we keep having all these crossover episodes or episodes. Wow. um, Movies. And I'm just yeah. like, really? Come on. You have Martin Freeman's <laughs> character. You have Benedict Cumberbatch's character. How are they not in the same room even just once? You know, it'd be, it'd be great if they solved the mystery in the MCU because Martin Martin Fre- <laughs> Martin Martin Freeman's character is you know a cop. You know they do these things. So. Yeah, see, it would be great. Anyways, so I'm all for a Sherlock season five. Granted, I say that even though I did not like season four at all. Mm-hmm. Season four was weird, but yeah, I like I barely remember season four. Um, the season five, like I'd like Arena to come back. I think that'd be so fun. Um, yeah, I didn't finish season four. It kind of it threw me off. I couldn't get into it. I remember getting a few episodes in, but I actually didn't finish the entire. Well, season. there's there's only three episodes. <laughs> oh, oh, is there? It's three. Yeah, it's well, just each episode is like an hour and a half. It's like mm-hmm. almost a movie long. The fourth season just um, brings in like their sister. Um, is that a spoiler? Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Sorry. Spoiler. I mean, I wasn't going to say more than that, but it was just like weird. Yeah. Like the way they did it was just kind of like weird. And I was like, what? So, so they brought in Enola? No, it wasn't Enola. Not like the Netflix Enola. I don't even remember her name. I'm just made cracking jokes because she yeah. was a created. She's basically fan fiction. Yeah. Well, they yeah. can do that now because uh, Stuff. it's not in copyright anymore. So it's been so yeah. All right. Um, well, I uh, honestly, I would love a season five Sherlock. When it was good, it was like best best television. Yeah, out no. there. Good. Like the three seasons were super good. It was just the fourth one. I was just kind of like felt like it was a flop. Yeah. I yeah. Felt, I, yeah. I felt like it killed the momentum. It really did. Yeah. I wonder if that was back during the the writer strike. Remember they had that writer strike a number of years ago. Well, and I think oh, no, I don't I think it was know. around that time. I just it think not. it was. It was around a time where I think the the writers, I don't know. I feel like there was this thing that went around at the time that I call it like the epic disease. <laughs> That's my little coinage. Where it was like everyone was trying to make something super epic and it was almost like overkill too epic. Oh, yeah. Um, I admit it's one of the reasons why I haven't read a lot of like Brandon Sanderson's latest things because I'm like, it's just like too over the top epic. Like it's like we got a really wow and Shazam and it's just kind of like, out of the blue and i was like what where did that come from kind of thing mm-hmm. i don't know i actually love his stuff it's just my opinion now it, it's not so much that she's saying brandon sanderson is bad it's just everyone was trying to be yeah epic at that point it, it was like around the time suppose, when like everyone yeah. was trying to be that epic levelness epicness kind of thing so yeah well we got some nerd news out of the way. I think it is time to talk some Star Wars The Bad Batch. We had our honeymoon on Alderaan. Good thing we took pictures, huh? <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. You have no idea what you're dealing with. 
uh, Shakespeare in the Park. And that bell means that it's time for our main event, Star Wars, The Bad Batch, Season 2, begins! Go, 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 go! We went over the plan five times. I got the package, didn't I? We need a pickup. Hang on. Grab the light. is the top team. The rogue clones on the run from the Empire, huh? Hello. How juicy. The Empire's growing stronger. We should be doing more. You want to really be free? Then pull off this heist and you can have a future. Rumors are more and more clones have been questioning the order. Then they're traitors, like the Jedi. You all gave up everything because of me. We made the right choice, Omega. But there are others out there who need our help. What sort of treachery is this? Stay back! seeks to establish peace and order throughout the galaxy. Peace? Peace was never an option. We're soldiers. We do what needs to be done. Move! You know what makes us different? We make our own choices. What do you need, Rex? Any chance I could use you for a mission? Parents, The Bad Batch, new season, streaming January 4th, only on Disney+. Plus. Hey, special shout out to all you super nerds who have hit that podcast subscribe button. We really, really appreciate you. Please help us get the word out and tell a friend about the podcast. And I also want to invite you to hit that podcast subscribe button if you haven't already. Come on, do it! You'll get plus 10 nerd XP. Nerd XP! All right, Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 2. I, uh, you know, I, I remember when the Bad Batch, so, so we first saw the Bad Batch in season seven of the Clone Wars, another pi- soft pilot. It was okay. You know, it was nothing terrible about it. Uh, but I remember thinking to myself like, well, you know, I'd much, I'd much rather have like a, a Rex, Captain Rex focused, you know, clone TV show than the Bad Batch. And then we get through season one and, you know, there was some, there was some good stuff in season one. You know, you were, we're getting introduced to these characters. But I, I, I wasn't really super attached to them. And then when we got to season two, we watched these first two episodes for its premiere. I found myself uh, actually uh, recognizing that I, I've actually grown more attached to these characters than I thought I would be. And I actually really enjoyed these first few episodes of Star Wars The Bad Batch. Um, anyway, those, those are my initial thoughts. <laughs> what did you guys think of it? I... I... You know, it's interesting you say that because that's kind of how I felt too. Because I remember watching season one, and I, again, I was watching because I was wanting Star Wars. <laughs> I was like, "Give me Star Wars! I'm sick of the Marvel stuff." So I was just like happy to have more Star Wars, you know. But mm-hmm. this one, yeah, I was just, I, and like before I even watched season, the season two premiere, 
Um, I rewatched the very last episode of season one, which is actually like a two part episode. So I watched like the second part of the two part episode and I was amazed like, and this is kind of like, for me at least shows that I am invested in the storyline, the characters when, as I was watching that season finale of season one, I like remembered a lot. I was like, Oh yeah, I remember who they are. I remember like kind of their special abilities and I remember what was going on that they were on Camino kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. and then trying to get away and like crosshair and all that. And I was just like, Oh, so like when season two, when I watched the episodes, the two new episodes, yeah, I was like, I felt even more invested into them. You know, it was kind of like exciting to see them come back. Mm. And I, I especially really liked just that opening sequence of them running away from the crabs. <laughs> I really liked oh, yeah. that. Yeah, fun stuff. What'd you think of season two of The Bad Batch, Amanda, who's not playing her games on the phone? And I wasn't <laughs> playing my game on the phone during the show. <laughs> what? She was not playing her you... game on the okay. phone. Okay. All right, well, then we'll not. move to Bob. Okay, I, I, can, I can give an opinion. I watched yeah, how... it. Did you watch it? Yeah. <laughs> did I watch it to your level of watching it? Is that what you're asking? Or well, how many pages of notes it? did you take, and how much back? You know. Okay. Anyways, continue. Wait, we were supposed to take notes. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it. I, I guess part of my problem is I recognize some of the voice actors, and I was like, wait a second. I, I spent part of it trying to like figure out where I knew the voice from mm. one of the voice actors. Who? Which actors? Um, it was the dude who lived on the planet. The old dude oh, with the goatee. Yeah, that that voice sounded familiar, and I was too lazy to look it up. Did you look it up? Who is that? <laughs> I will look it up now because I okay. I, I think yes. I know who it is. I think it's the bodyguard from um, the Princess Diaries. Oh, him. I think. Mm. I'm not it sure. It does have his voice, yes. Well, I'm not in danger of recognizing that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a deep, deep cut there. Bob, what would you think of it? I loved it. I absolutely did. Um, it, it felt more, uh, like, it had a more more of a narrative than the previous season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the previous season almost felt episodic, and I don't know, I just... I'm not a terribly big fan of episodic. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want like a a long narrative that's going to last the entire season. You're going to turn every kid in the world off on that. But I at mm-hmm. least want to see uh, see things moving forward. And they started to do that near the end of season two. But I like how they continued that storyline. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, um, you know, from previous reports, we've learned that in season two here, we're going to start seeing why the empire started transitioning away from clones and to uh, stormtroopers, And, you know, I think that's a question that's been on, you know, fans minds forever. Cause we've seen how awesome these clones are and they're super loyal. They're great warriors. Uh, like, like I'd follow a clone into battle type of thing, you know? And, um, and I think we got a hint of it actually in that trailer. Spoiler territory. Okay, well, okay. I was thinking the episode, because you get a hint in the second episode, I think. That's oh. where I got the hint. Oh, well, yeah, you do, too. Okay, so so we're going to start getting into more details, and this can be this can be a nerdy Nostradamus thing, maybe. <laughs> but in that trailer, we specifically hear rumors 
are that more and more clones are questioning the order. And, you know, it, it, I'm wondering if they're saying order 66 and I'm almost 100%, you know, believe that is what they're talking about. And so if we have a bunch of clones that are starting to like, maybe come back to their senses for, for lack of a better term, we might see like a deep, uh, you know, deep character moments with a lot of clones say, wait a minute, I just participated in killing my leader, my Jedi general, my, my friend, my, my confidant. And I killed this person. Like we, like we might see like clones with like PTSD type stuff. And, and that would also add to why, um, why the emperor would want to get rid of the clones, because if the clones, if his entire army is basically turning, uh, turning you know their senses on and saying you know why did i do this then why wouldn't they turn on the emperor and uh hence the emperor needs stormtroopers over clone troopers because the clones are starting to think for themselves and i wonder i was thinking about this if the bad batch would not necessarily refer to directly you know like the hunter wrecker all of them but maybe the bad batch would eventually be like what uh, what the good clones start calling all the, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What what all of the, uh, Order sixty six clones start calling the people that question Order sixty six clones. They're all the bad batch because they're not following orders the way they should be. Um, and so anyway, so I, so I think maybe in season two we might be seeing a lot more of the clones starting to you know have to face the consequences of their choices of following order 66 and i think that's a pretty interesting uh story arc what if that i really liked at the end of ep- episode two was the killing of the clone you because like that the clone well, <laughs> yeah that, is, that's actually where i was going with it's yeah. showing the breeding of the corruption in the empire oh, yeah, yeah. and how they don't want the clones because the clones follow orders they do things by the book mm. and it leaves very little room for corruption mm. yeah that's that's kind of where like what yep. Austin pointed out, I was like, oh, yeah, there is that. But that's like what you pointed out, Amanda. That's where I was starting to see how the clones would start to get replaced is because like they're so they're obedient to a fault when you're trying to just like sweep things under the rug, mm-hmm. which you need to do to get more power. Like that's kind of, you know, we saw it in Andor. Like that's kind of what the Empire does to get more power and control. And so like. I feel like that's what's going to start replacing the clones and could eventually even lead to like the clones rebelling because they're like, I'm just trying to follow orders. Why are you killing me or threatening my life? I'm just doing what I was told to do. Like this is protocol, you know, and they're not going to argue with protocol. We see that with crosshair, you know, crosshair keeps saying like good soldiers follow orders kind of thing. And, and, and I feel like too, with crosshair, huh? I was gonna say I liked I liked that part of season one. Yeah, yeah, um, and I feel like we're gonna get like maybe that like I kind of wonder if that might tip Crosshair over into leading leaving the Empire. Is that you know he's faced with orders that he's like I can't do that. You know, like that doesn't make sense. Or these are orders. That violate other orders. That violate other orders, exactly. You know, I can't falsify a report. Like, that's against my orders. Like, that good soldiers don't falsify reports kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, no. So, I'm just going to point out, now that we're at a lull, 
I was right on the voice actor. <laughs> and I also forgot to mention Wanda Sykes. I remember hearing Wanda her Sykes. voice. And she oh, yeah. Right. That's oh. right. She, she was in the, the bar thingy. Yeah. She's going to be well, more of a... You guys show a... me a picture of this person. Oh, that dude? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he... he okay. He does recognize the actor. Well, I recognize the face. That's that's the guy that I recognize. Uh, Hec- Hector Elizondo. I don't know how to say his name. Elizon- Elizondo. Yes. Elizondo. Yeah. I like him. He's a good actor. Uh, something that was really cool, and I didn't expect uh, this TV series to really do, because they didn't really do a lot of this in season one is uh you know they're starting to peel back some of the layers and, and we're and we're seeing uh you know we're revisiting uh you know elements of the Star Wars universe and getting a little more backstory to it. Like specifically what I'm talking about is we got to see you know Count Dooku's uh castle and lay and and what he was doing and all the money he was collecting. Mm. And it was quite interesting to see uh Omega basically point out aren't we here right now doing what Count Dooku did to all the other, you know, worlds of the separatists, you know, we're, how are we any better than Count Dooku right now is basically what she was saying and having to throw that in the face. And then I think it was Hunter was saying, well, it's, it's what we do with it. But in a lot of ways, you know, some of the separatists could have said, well, you know, we've, we felt the Republic is corrupt. So what we're doing with it is morally justified, which is, I think is why I think the separatists, you know, uh, storyline is, is fun and fun to follow, but, but I didn't expect, you know, additional details on some of these other layers to continue to expand. Um, and so that was, that was a real fun addition. It was, it was and I recognized it immediately when they walked in. I was like, Oh, that's was that's where Asajj Ventress and her night sisters came to attack you know, Count Dookie when, when he was where in, it was when That's he was in his was. when he was in his dark side pajamas. So he's right because I because I, I what was that, Jekka? I was like, I recognized that. I was like, ah, there you go. I know that's like Dooku's. Yeah. I was like, I, I remember there was like a major fight that took place in that Jekka? room. I just couldn't remember. <laughs> we have learned from Oz that's Count Dookie. Oh, Count Dookie. Okay. Count Dookie. <laughs> I don't know what you're you talking said about. Count and I'm like, you did. Yeah. I did. I said Count Dookie. Look, I got a cough. We're our Star Wars expert. We have to follow it. I've I've got a cough drop in my mouth for whatever reason. I've, I've like I've been perfectly fine. Then we start the podcast, and I keep hitting mute because I got a cough or I got a sneeze. I don't know what's going on. But anyways, yeah. Um, I also, I'm pretty sure it's Echo, who's the one that's talking, pretty much doing rebellion talk kind of thing. I kind of like it that it's Echo, because Echo's whole backstory is like, you know, they mm. they lost him, and then he was pretty much taken over and used by the Separatists, and they rescued him, you know? And, and so I kind of, I really like it that Echo, he's like... He keeps bringing up the topic of rebellion, and I'm like, I'm really, I'm looking forward to see where that goes and what comes of it. If like he's manages to convince the Bad Batch to kind of be kind of like the first stirrings of rebellion, like organized rebellion kind of thing. I think that's what we're going to see is they're going to be catalysts yeah. for multiple aspects of the rebellion. 
Yeah. I just really like it that it's Echo that's kind of like voicing all of those. Like voicing all of that. I really like that. All right. So, sorry. I had to step away and get a drink because this cough. It sounded like you were about ready to say like Echo is helping spur the clones to join that's, the rebellion. That's what I, was, I was saying that like the thing I liked most, like what I really like and appreciate that it's Echo who's like doing all the talk of rebellion that he keeps saying to his, the other Bad Batch members. He's like, we need to do more. Like I want, we should do more. The Empire's taking over. We got to stop them. And I just really like it that he's the one that's like kind of trying to, like he has that spark of rebellion. Mm -hmm. Which I think is a natural progression for what the clones should be doing. I mean, if the if the clones do find out, like I, like my earlier prediction that they're starting to question the order, and they're going to start breaking away, and more and more clones are going to realize that they were kind of you know brainwashing or doing something they didn't want to do, then the natural consequence is yeah we gotta we gotta rebel against the empire, and Echo is showing that in his character right now, and so. Because, because you you know where we left where we last saw Rex in the timeline is when he's basically standing there with Ahsoka, um, and didn't we get a, we got him briefly in season one? Like there was one episode with oh Rex. you're right you're right you're there was right one episode with Rex, and I I think oh I'd have to rewatch that but I think Rex was already like trying to do some rebellion stuff like he was already like kind, kind of doing of. some of that. But uh, and then and then from then we see him in Star Wars Rebels with like what four or five other clones, and so so obviously more clones are going to flip, and and they team up with Rex. But there's only like five of them. Like I'm hoping in my mind's eye, like there's like a good like I don't know thousand plus clones that really do form like a little mini army to go up against uh, the stormtroopers. And, and the rest of the Empire. Or to start, like, you know, intermixing with, you know, whatever's going on in, in the Rebels uh, with Andor, the TV series. Like, I'd, li I'd like to be able to see a little bit of integration and show how this overarching story is actually being weaved together. Because um, otherwise, uh, I think we'd be missing out on some really cool uh, story ideas and elements otherwise. Um I don't know. Brady, you touched your mic. I thought you were going to talk, but then you turned it off. <laughs> I was not. I was going to uh, sniffle a bit, and I thought I would mute. <laughs> All right. Everyone's sniffle got away. it. <laughs> so what do you think you're going to be seeing in the rest of season two, besides what we've already talked about? You think you're going to see uh, more of uh, Wanda Sykes' character? Oh, definitely. I mean, Wanda Sykes' character is the... It's the one lady that they're pretty much, like, running missions for, running bounties for. She's connected to the lady they're running bounties for. Yeah, she's the other one, the one... Uh, oh, gotcha. Oh, okay, yeah, I remember now. Okay. The African-American... Actually, can you be African-American if no, you, you live can't. in space? No, definitely <laughs> not. <clears throat> what, would you, what would you call... Uh, dark skinned, the dark skinned woman, the dark skinned woman, so. the, the dark skinned uh, human woman. I don't know. You call him a person. There, there you go. go. Yeah, the, person, <laughs> the other person that, there. Woman who's giving intel. Th and thank you, to Brady. Push boundaries. 
I do what I can. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I don't really know why they introduced her character because we had the other person. Um, she's going to be a catalyst, I think, in some ways. And it's just going to be a matter of what is she going to be a catalyst for? Well, the very first things her character points out when the clones walk into the room. So these are the clones that uh, have rebelled against uh, the Empire or some, something to that effect. Maybe she's a, a fulcrum type character. She, mm. she has a purpose. We just don't know what it is yet. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we're going to find out where they took, was it Namasu, the Kaminoan? Because, mm, mm-hmm. again, you know, I watched the end of season one and season one ends with Namasu at like this other facility where her skills are going to be used and she's a cloner. Well, yeah. And I think I remember you saying like there was speculation that that was what Mount Tat- Tatnus which I yes, understand from, now uh, because I read Heir to the Empire in that trilogy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it ended, with Mount, it ended with Mount Tatis or whatever it's called, which is from the Thrawn, Timothy Zahn Thrawn novels. So maybe they could be setting up a weird, uh, you know, Thrawn trilogy type of story. I mean, we're get, we're going to get Thrawn in the Ahsoka series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they totally should set up stuff based off of Heir to the Empire because it was amazing. So mm-hmm. good. Such good stuff. Yeah, the real yeah. 789, episode 789. <laughs> I wonder how many episodes are going to be in season two. Oh, I just looked this up. What was it? It was like 16, I think. Yeah, there's 16 episodes. Okay. I wonder why they do so many more animated episodes in a season than some of these uh, live-action TV series. Is it cheaper and easier to make or something? I don't know. I think they they make the live-action ones as close to movie quality as possible, which makes them more expensive. Hmm. Should... Yeah, there are probably a lot of reasons. I mean, you've got... Um, you've got the scheduling for the physical presence of the actors that you have to consider and all of the set costs and all that. So it's probably, probably less expensive. The folks that are working on the animation, they can record their, their dialogue at at any point. And then, and then, you know, the, there's still a lot of folks you have to pay, but they're all clicking, clicking on a mouse and doing that kind of stuff. It's not as, uh. There isn't a physical presence required on the on the screen. That's what I would think. Ooh. What did you find? Star Wars accidentally spoils Bad Batch season two cameo. I just found this online. Should I read it? <clears throat> Should I read it? I don't it? know, but now I want to know. <laughs> um all right, get ready. I'm opening it. Let's see what this says. This might be a spoiler warning. Uh, Here we go. Okay, follow the Empire. <clears throat> now it seems as though a certain Republic senator from the Clone Wars era who embodies its values 
will be making a return appearance in the Bad Batch. Senator Rio Chuchi. I don't remember that. Oh, they have a picture of her here. I remember her from the Clone Wars. Blue, a blue-skinned like female alien. I think she was. Uh, I think she was with the. Gosh, what's she called? Uh, the Separatist Alliance, actually. Boy, that'd I'm be. I'm so glad we're deep diving this. So glad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. It's been like two Is years since I've watched Clone out? Wars. <laughs> I, see, I was when you were like when you were starting to read that sentence, Austin. I was thinking like, are we going to get Organa again? Yeah. Organa? like that's what I was thinking. Are, are we going to get Mon Mothma? Or Mon Mothma? Yeah, I was like, are we going to get like these major ones that we've heard of? Like, yeah. All right. Well, with that, <laughs> I'm in trouble. What? Uh, what are your final thoughts? We'll start with Amanda. I'm excited to see where they're going to go with it. Um, <coughs> and like, just how we talked about like the replacement of the clones and how that's going to affect the clones and how that's going to spur the rebellion. What's going to be happening to start the seeds of rebellion. I'm looking forward to seeing crosshair have faced off against his brothers and sister again. I'm looking forward to that. Mm. Yeah, and see, like, him, yeah. like, and see, like, what, what, how he's going to change, and like, if he's going to stay with the empire, or if he's going to start changing allegiance as well. I'm excited to watch it because, as is evidenced from my <laughs> silence over the past 20 minutes, I haven't. <laughs> It's good. You should watch it. No, it actually is. Pretty no, good. I, I want to see it. I just didn't have the opportunity. And I will. I will add too. I like the. I really liked the episode titles for these first two episodes: "Spoils of War" and "Ruins of War." Hmm. I felt like they were very symbolic of like what the episodes were about. Spoils. So I really like that. Was it the second one? Spoils yeah. So war. the "Spoils of War" was the first one. That was when they go after and they're getting the war chest, which hmm. like. Which oh, pretty yeah, much yeah, like yeah. is a war chest. Like they're just getting like chests full of valuable Money. stuff. Um, and then the second episode is is ruins of war. That's where their plan has failed, so they're just trying to like get out of there. And that's when they meet the old man that's in hiding, and he talks about how like he makes the very key kind of little point, like the key point to Hunter that um the the people were there before the separatists so like they weren't separatists always they were something yeah. else and then their planet became a separatist planet but they were like they were here before then you know so and and so he's trying to keep like their culture alive pretty much so i really i really like the symbol symbolism behind that of spoils of war and ruins of war bob any final thoughts no, I'm just super excited. I love I uh, love Bad Batch. I think it's it is uh, definitely growing into its own show instead of just a spinoff of uh, Clone Wars. Yeah, and I really want to see what they do with uh, connecting this up with our uh, or connecting this up with Rebels. Mm, yes, because they introduced Hera and her family. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, def- it's definitely turning into its own show, and not just having to ride <clears throat> the Clone Wars. Fun stuff. All right, folks. <clears throat> well, I can still talk before I cough. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us on another adventure of Super Nerd Podcast. Make sure to hit that podcast subscribe button and leave us a review wherever you're listening to us. Subscribe. And review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Pocket Cast, or wherever else you find us next week. We're going to be talking the Willow finale. That's right, Willow from Disney+. Plus. We're going to be nerding out on it, so make sure to leave us a voicemail with your thoughts at anchor.fm slash supernerdpodcast. You just might be on the upcoming show. You can also email us your thoughts on Willow at supernerdpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, search Super Nerd Podcast. Give us a like, give us a share. But from all of us at Super Nerd Podcast, Stay nerdy, my friends. Have fun. Catch you later.
99.